Hello, everybody, and welcome to Your Little Sisters Productions, Missed Opportunities. Um, we took a little break for the holidays, but we are back, and we are coming out swinging. We watched Mulan. The live action, not the animated. The 2020 live action Mulan. Which, like, oh boy. with a lot of 2020 stuff, was a little disappointing. Yeah. A lot disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) So what are our main categories for missed opportunities this time, Taya? So first of all, Mulan's character, um, (laughs) the way that they portray her, the way that they write her, the way just 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 her. Just and it's especially (laughs) frustrating because this is not their first go at trying to portray Mulan. They've already portrayed Mulan, who, and for those of you who haven't, this is either the first episode or you don't remember, hi, I'm Laura, and my favorite Disney movie of all time is the animated Mulan. Yes. So, and that's not a <laughs> movie, like, ever made of anything that includes Marvel, like, Mulan is my all-time favorite. And so they've already done, in my opinion, a very, very good job of portraying Mulan as a character. Um... And so it's frustrating when they have a blueprint that I like a successful movie that a lot of people love. The music in it is some of the best music they've had, especially in that era. Like people still rock out to their music today. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm able to guess Donny Osmond on The Masked Singer only because of I rec- I know his voice so well from the soundtrack of Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> before my time with the other songs but like so i i know mulan the animated pretty darn well and so they have a blueprint for a really good one and then they come out and i'm looking for the mulan that i know that i've grown to love as my favorite disney character and it's she's nowhere to be there's like not a single ounce of like they're not the same at all they just have the same name I, I really liked Mulan. It was very impactful to me. It came out when I was like a teenager and like right in that, like not sure what type of person I'm going to be, not sure, you know, like what my body's going to look like. Like the song Reflection had huge impact in my life, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I loved her character. I didn't, I stopped watching it when I became a teenager because they don't kiss at the end. And that is just blasphemy to me. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like when it first came out and I was a like young teenager, all, like that 12, 13, I think I was probably 11 when it came out. I don't remember, but it was very impactful. And it really, it made s- such a huge difference in my life. And then you see this girl in this live action movie and you just don't like her. I mean, you don't dislike her, but you don't like there. There's nothing to like. There's nothing to dislike. Like. Yeah. Like there was nothing compelling about her. Um, And it starts from the very beginning. Like when you see her as a little kid and she has magic powers with the chi and and, and and it just takes away from her immediately because like my first thought was like, so wait, warriors are born, not made like, but she's a girl. So she can't be a warrior. Like it just, it hit very, very differently than there's a girl who's trying to bring honor to her family. She's trying to figure out who she is. Like 
you know, she's, she's trying to navigate being weird and being smart in a world of that's not your place. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be doing something else. And what the other thing that you're supposed to be doing is a really great honor and it's a good thing, but you're just not good at it and it doesn't feel right. And then you're just trying to find your place and in, in all this weirdness, like that was so relatable and made so much sense. But then immediately watching this movie, the very first thing you find out that she just has this natural talent for fighting and for flying around defying gravity and stuff like it just takes away from everything you feel like everything you connect with with Mulan and that just continues throughout the movie so I realized we forgot to do a summary but honestly if you have if you have never seen any version of Mulan up until this point um, or if you've never heard the ballad of Mulan or 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 read it or anything like that so sorry about that but spoilers it's about a girl who disguises herself as a man and goes to war in place of her father and ends up saving the world yeah that's the summary so you know <laughs> that's the most basic summary and honestly there's so many differences between the animated and this one and it's really hard to look at just this one and not bring the animated into it as a comparison because the, this is a remake of the animated they meant they've been doing live action remakes of the animated for a long time now but there's also now that it's out and i've seen it it's so different from the animated but even without comparing it it pales like it's yeah i was trying really hard watching this movie i was like okay i'm gonna be like the one person that likes this movie i'm just gonna look at it as a movie not compare it to the you know not compare it to the cartoon or not compare it to what i what i wanted it to be can i just look at this movie and say is it a good movie are these good characters is this good storytelling and the answer is no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all of it was so boring it and, there was. Was just, and like I I mean we're gonna talk about it later but there was no emotional stakes in this movie and no. Mulan has like the ballad the cartoon has such high emotional stakes and they had a talking dragon and a lucky cricket and I had way <laughs> more emotional reaction to that than I did to watching like human people die you know like it was yeah well and also now i I have not seen this movie myself but i've been wanting it it's hard to find in the u.s or at least maybe i don't know maybe it's easier but china they made a live action mulan movie like a few late 2010s i want to say like 2010 to 2015 somewhere in that range i'm pretty sure and the people who have seen it have said that it's really good they do you know it they it's their own version, their own twist on the Ballad of Mulan, but it's really good. And people outside of China have seen this. Like I've talked to people in the U.S. who've managed to find it and see it. Like they they bought it and they really enjoyed it. So there's not even because they were clo- like they brought in Chinese actors and people and things for the Mulan, of course, because it's Chinese. You're going to have Chinese actors play the part of Mulan because it's in China. Yeah. But, like, the fact that there is... So, it's not even just the ballad, just the animated. There's another live-action Mulan out there that people... A lot of people already know about and love. Yeah. And so, it's not even, like, oh, well, it's difficult to, like, take a, an animated and make it live-action. They already did it. And, honestly, yeah. they made so many changes. It's not even worth saying it's a remake at this point. It's just an in-name only. As, they did. <laughs> they as that had... one YouTuber we watch would say, it's an in-name only adaptation. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I, 
well, we'll, we'll just get into our notes because I feel like this movie, because it, it's based off of a ballad, which is the legend. And it, like I, like, it's like I was telling you before we started, it's kind of like Robin Hood where yeah. we have specific historical events that tie him to his, that he actually really was like, but there's been so many different accounts of him that we just kind of accept the fact that, yeah, Robin Hood was a real person. And even if he wasn't a real person, he was based off of a character, you know, like anything like we just kind of know who Robin Hood is. Even if you yeah. don't know, like if you've never watched any of the movies or TV shows or cartoons or series that they've had when <laughs> they've had millions, they've redone Robin Hood so many different times. Everybody just kind of knows who Robin Hood is. They, he robs from the rich t- um, to feed the poor. We get that. That's like. And they've redone it a million times. They have their own spin on it. You know, they have this uh, contraption here or this take on it. They've had musical versions of it. They've had comedic versions of it. They've had dramatic. Like, so Mulan is that style of thing where it's a it's a ballad. Everybody just kind of knows it and accepts it. Maybe not everybody. I don't know. But and so they they could have interpreted this a lot of different ways you know they could have added things in there that weren't necessarily in the ballad and it's okay they could have taken away stuff my problem with this is they didn't do it well like everything they like they had everything to make a good movie they had good actors they had chinese consultants they had um a lot of beautiful landscapes to choose from they had a bajillion dollar budget you know they had everything they needed to make this a really cool movie. Even if it wasn't going to follow the cartoon or even follow the ballad, they had the opportunity to make a really good movie and they did it. <laughs> like, that, that I think is the biggest misopportunity is that they just, they just did it. Uh, it just wasn't a good movie. <sighs> I wanted to like it because Mulan is my favorite movie. And there are movies out there that I have different opinions on than other people. And I think it's totally fine to not go with the grain. But when it's pretty much universally acknowledged, like I think there are very few people out there who enjoy the live action Mulan. Most people who've spoken out on it have not enjoyed it. So when it's that universally acknowledged, you got to take a step back and be like, okay, yeah, we messed up and we did a really bad movie. I mean, a lot of factors went into this decision, but they marketed it for like, we're going to make it more this and that. It's going to be more Chinese and, you know, the people more for the people. In- well, they try to make it more Chinese. Like they wanted the, the China to really enjoy it and like and connect more with it by recognizing like their culture and stuff in it. But then they added so many other things in it. They made it a fantasy, a fantasy world. And then on top of that and other factors, it's not just because it was a bad movie, other factors went into why this happened, but China banned the movie from the movie theaters. <laughs> like, so even with all their work, it didn't end up really being shown or appreciated by people of China. Yeah. Well, and they, 
I feel bad because I feel like people are going like this movie is going to be around forever. Like it's a Disney movie, you know? So I feel like future generations are going to watch this movie and be like, Oh, that's what Chinese culture is. And then the Chinese are going to be really upset. And I feel like the cartoon Mulan, a lot of people that were Chinese, they liked it. And I don't feel like there was any uproar about they got some stuff wrong. Like they legit got some stuff wrong in that movie because there was cultural differences that aren't, you know, um, that aren't true to what the story was or to actual Chinese history in the cartoon, but they were small things. They were insignificant things like, or, or like cutting her hair, like the warriors, the men didn't cut their hair. And that was a significant part of, of the the animated yeah people in china at least back then the men and women did not cut their hair because of a belief that your body including your hair belongs to your parents because they gave you life so if you cut it without their permission it's a great dishonor so but i they and i watched a bunch of reviews on mulan i'll be honest when it first came out i was really curious and people who are from China reviewed it. I watched that. And they said, even with those cultural differences, what they did get right and the feeling and the fact that they had a Disney movie that they could point to and be like that, like I, I'm a part of that. They were so happy to have. And and the ones I listened to were Chinese American and they said pure, like people born and raised in China might have a different opinion, but the Chinese Americans who were here felt fine with it. They, they enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, and my big issue with it is I know that Eastern culture is very different from Western culture. I understand that. But I feel like no, at no point has anyone cared about the culture behind a story until recently. And like, like look at like Cinderella or um, uh, the little mermaid or even Rapunzel with Tangled. Like, they weren't trying to go for realism of like the fact that they're German tales or they're Dutch tales or like the the culture behind them. And with this culture, it's so different. And so it's, so it's, it's foreign. It's more foreign to us because we have a lot of like medieval fantasy that we just kind of base in England. But the problem is, is that none of those fairy tales that we all think happened in England actually happened in England. <laughs> like, yeah, it happened they, in- they're not English stories, <laughs> but we just associate it with them now. And yeah, and I, I think the difference being that there's a bit of a difference between like a ballad and a fairy tale. True, true. So I think also it's they care about the culture because it's based off a ballad that is in Chinese culture, like children learn it in school as part of their curriculum. And it's like, and you can't do, I mean, I suppose somewhere out there might be a Robin Hood and someone might do a Robin Hood or even Arthur legend that's outside of England, but it'd be really hard to do because it's so ingrained into English culture. Right. So I think that's why, at least with Mulan, um, they, they have cared since the beginning, like with the first one they cared, but not to the point where they like hated it or there was this outcry against it like there is with the 2020 version especially because with the 2020 version with Mulan's character we're talking about Mulan and her character she has chi 
which everyone okay in in this fantastical world chi is like this magic life force that flows through you and if you have a lot of chi or if you know how to harness it you have supernatural abilities basically you're very agile you can fight you're like um i can't even think of like buffy the vampire slayer but in medieval china <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. like that's what she like she just has a and, natural ability to fight to defy gravity to do all these really cool things uh, better than anybody else i said she's darth vader she has metachlorians <laughs> she's darth vader she has higher metachlorian count than anyone else yeah <laughs> and oh my gosh she's the chosen one basically it's like they turned milan into this chosen one trope uh-huh but she's not even in the ballad, at least to my knowledge of the ballad, which I have researched. I haven't, you know, I haven't read the whole thing though, but I've looked into it. And like, she wasn't like super, supernaturally, of course, because it's a ballad that's based in like history. They don't have, as far to my knowledge, they don't have magic. She's just a woman who disguised herself as a man and learned how to fight and got really good, was a really good leader and rose up the ranks and then like went home at the end of her army career. Yeah. Um, she wasn't supernaturally gifted. And so they took this person who in the court in animated and in the ballad, like she's known to be this person who just worked really hard. She was doing it to protect her father because if she didn't go, her father would go and he would for sure die because he's injured already. Yeah. He and was I don't he, get why they wouldn't just let that one family pass, but apparently they don't. And yeah. <laughs> she went to save her father and she worked really hard because she wanted to bring honor and she wanted to find her place in the world and it was a story that we could connect with and the things that she brought to the chinese army to the people there that needed the reason she was able to save china was not just because she learned how to fight well but because she was already resourceful and clever from the very beginning and she brought those into the fighting like her entire character was like from the beginning she's very resourceful and that makes her weird she's very clever and that makes her weird she's very strategic and smart and that makes her weird but then she goes into um become a warrior and that actually makes her really good at being a warrior and it's like oh all those weird talents that i had that were not accepted before now actually have purpose and use and yes. be good this one is like and she has magic powers and now her magic powers can be re unleashed and they'll be accepted and they'll be loved and it it's not resonating with me because I don't have magic powers you know yeah. <laughs> and, and and she it, never needs to learn anything at camp she did yeah. not need to learn a single she went there already knowing everything she was just hiding it and then all she had to do was stop hiding it yeah like that's, Which I'm all for the message of not hiding your talents, but like that's not Mulan's story. Yeah, <laughs> that's a different story. That's um, a different story. But, but yeah, it's like she sucks unless she uses her chi, and that's really not a good message to send. <laughs> it's like, well, you don't have to work hard, and you don't have to come up with new ways of getting around your weaknesses, and you don't have to do anything like that. No, no, no. You just need to have magic powers and We're, not yeah. hide them. <laughs> like, I'm so, oh, that is just, it makes me so sad. Like, it's, I'm, I feel like I'm the parent, like, looking at the child that is the 2020 Mulan. I'm like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You had everything 
in your hands like you have the budget of a lifetime you have the biggest production company uh, at least in the western world that i know of behind your back you have access because of technology and modern transportation you can you have access to know the culture and bring people over who can help you with it and they said they wanted to be closer to the ballad they said they wanted to be historically accurate and they wanted to bring but like historically accurate person just because they're in history they still have a personality (laughs) they still they don't have magic they they have something that you can root for that's why the ballad of mulan has survived for so long because it's a story that everyone can resonate with there's everyone has something in their lives that they have to work hard for not everything comes naturally for everybody and mulan shows that you can work hard at something and that you what makes you weird or what you might not be good at in one area is what helps you in another and it's just a really great tale and then they went and did this to her character where she's just oh she's just the chosen one like she's just naturally gifted and she doesn't actually have to like learn or grow or do anything yeah basically the the message of the story is that she shouldn't be lying because it messes up her chi and so she needed to be a woman like she needed to not lie about her name or her gender and just be proud that she was a woman and also fight but you can't fight in the imperial army they have laws against it they actually it's penalty of death to even associate with a woman and they and this is in universe and like i'm not talking like actual chinese culture this is in universe of the movie that i just watched (laughs) is they literally say you like if you bring a woman onto base the penalty is death if you associate with a woman the penalty is death like she is a woman <laughs> and then she's like battling between should I speak up and be true because that's kind of the the thing is brave loyal and true and she's wants to be true she wants to speak her truth she doesn't want to lie about what her name is and who she is and so she's gonna go tell the general that she's a woman and it's like no you literally know that you'll die no good is going to come of this and and so it's like the story is you need to speak up even if you're going to die. Like, or you need to be true to yourself even if you're going to get people killed. Like, what what message are you sending here? You know, like, it just, it's very muddled. And I love the mm-hmm. idea of being true to yourself. I love the idea of being honest about who you are. I agree with that. And I think that that is a good message. But the way that it's portrayed in this movie is wrong like it doesn't make sense it's muddled and it's messy and it's like that's everything in this movie though everything (laughs) is just nothing hits the way that i think they were hoping it would or wanted it to because everything is mess is messy and muddled and it i don't know what message i'm supposed to get from it yeah and like there's one scene where she's fight there's the um, there's a guy that is not shang but is a cute guy that is obviously trying to be nice to her because she's a weird guy. She's little and she's weird and he's trying to be nice to her and they're sparring at this one time and um, she's kind of getting her butt kicked and she keeps dropping her weapon, you know? And so she decides to use her chi, her magic power. And so she attacks him using her chi. She's doing all, you know, gravity defying stunts and throwing stuff and like, 
doing all kinds of crazy stuff and she obviously wins but then she runs off into the tent and is mad at herself she's like you need to hide your chi what are you doing because she's always been taught that women have to hide their chi and she's supposed to hide who she is this sounds a lot like the plot of frozen um and (laughs) she has has to hide her magic powers and then she goes in the tent and then the, the guys come in and rather than reprimanding her like she's been reprimanded for using her chi in the past because she was a girl. Now she's a man. And so it's okay for her to use her chi and everybody's congratulating her. I feel like that moment in this movie could have been so more impactful had they done it differently because she's not enjoying herself when she's using her chi. She just kind of gets frustrated and mad. And so she uses her chi and then she's frustrated and mad and walks away. And it's just like, that's her whole personality right there is frustrated and mad. And it's like, if she had like, enjoyed it like like been smiling and happy at the fact that she was using her chi and then you know once she finally defeats him like the sparring partner she has a moment of clarity of like remembering oh my gosh I'm supposed to hide this and then she runs off like afraid or scared or worried that people are going to get mad at her because they've been mad at her her whole life like it would make sense and then they come in and they're like hey that was really good you know like it would have been more of an emotional impact had she been enjoying herself while she was using her chi and then she kind of lost her way because that's how what they established in the beginning of the movie when she's chasing a chicken and um that's the first time that we like really see her using her chi is she's chasing a chicken and she like chases it up onto the roof and then to get down off the roof she falls but then she uses her magic powers to save herself and so it's like she was really happy and enjoying having her chi and and using it at that point but then it kind of got talked out of her because she wasn't supposed to so if she had at that moment started enjoying it like the way that she enjoyed it when she was chasing the chicken it would have been a interesting little moment to see her that way but instead it was just like boring like it was like okay now she's finally using her chi why is wasn't she using that why why wasn't she happy about that why is she worried about using her chi now she's a woman or she's not a woman anymore she's a man so she can do it now and nobody's gonna be mad at her obviously mm-hmm. she's not you know like yeah she's dressed as a man everyone thinks she's a man and she was told only warriors have chi and now she's there as a warrior or being trained to be a warrior in the army so that would, you think that would be the perfect type for chi i feel like the only reason they Maybe not the only reason, but I feel like a big part of the reason they didn't just have her use chi from the get-go was because they felt they wanted to elongate the story because this movie dragged the story out so much. What the anime did in, like, a song or two, they took 20 minutes or more to do in the movie, the live action. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. They did 40 minutes. (laughs) It took 40 40 minutes minutes to get her in, like, to where she's uh, taking a bath. And nothing had happened at that point. Like, she had gone to the army... She hadn't made friends yet. She hadn't done anything. Like, it was just, ugh. It was, they drew it out so long. Ugh. And so I feel like the biggest missed opportunity is just Milan. Like, they just, they didn't give her a personality. And I know a lot of people have been ranting against the actress for just having, like, the stone face the whole time. I've never seen her in, in anything else. I don't know. It could be, like, another Kristen Stewart in Twilight situation where, 
the directors and the producers and everyone who's actually making the movie and decides how the actors act are like, we want you to look and act this way very specifically. And they follow, but the actors, because they're the ones we see, they get the flack for that. So I don't know if she's actually just an actress who only has one or two facial expressions and that's just, she just gets characters who are very like that. And that's all she does. Or if she was directed to be that way, and she's actually a good actress and can show emotions, but they wanted her to look stoic the whole time for some reason. Which is another problem I have, which is that when people want to portray strong, especially, well, no, it happens with men too. Men and women who they want to portray as strong, especially physically in the field of a soldier or something, they always make them seem really stoic. But there's a difference between being serious when the time calls for it and not having a personality. Yeah. You can have a personality and still be serious and stoic and in your mindset when you need to be. Like, you don't, like, it's this common thing of, like, don't show a whole lot of expression on your face. And that's going to show that you're in control of your emotions and you're strong or whatever. And I think that's bullcrap. But (laughs) I think that people confuse, like, don't show your emotions with don't feel them. Yeah, like having control over your emotions versus like you can't feel your emotions it's like you can have someone who is in control of their emotions like laugh and have a funny moment or even cry like you can be in control of yourself and cry there's a difference between being ridiculously emotional and out of control versus and allowing your emotions to take their proper place and to do their proper thing and to experience them um smartly you know like it they just didn't have her have any emotion at all so they yeah yeah they didn't understand that you can be in control of your emotions and show your emotions because you know that you're going to react in a way that is okay and not show and just not feeling which not feeling emotion is very bad for you (laughs) like yeah not you need to let yourself feel emotions properly is a bad thing and I don't know, moving on with her character, it, it goes, my next note is when she is taking, fi- finally she takes a bath, so she's out in the water, she doesn't have clothes on, so she's obviously worried about being seen, and um, Hong Wee comes up to her and is having this nice conversation with her, and so my problem with this scene is the scene right before it, um, she's you know, kind of having a hard time or whatever. And the guys are teasing her. He comes in and he talks about being matched, you know, like, are you matched with a girl? And then he starts, they have this entire, like, she's the man moment of talking about how do you talk to girls? And what if you, what if the girl doesn't like you, you know, like, and she's a girl trying to like explain to a boy, you know, this is how you talk to girls, you know, and (laughs) it's very, very close to what happens in She's the Man, which is a Channing Tatum, Amanda Bynes movie, if you don't know. That scene happens, and they have, like, a buddy moment, you know, like, they have a good talk, and they're talking about, you know, how how to express yourself with girls, and, oh, the girl will like you, I promise, you know, like, that kind of a thing, and then the next time we see them together really is... Well, they do the fight thing, but we see them alone together and he is trying to talk to her about the cool chi that she has because he's like, you're a warrior. You're the best of us all because you have this awesome magical power. And she's like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk about it right now. Like, 
you know, because she's, you know, naked in the pool and doesn't want to be exposed and everything like that. Like, she has her reasons, but instead of like being embarrassed or worried that like, and trying to just kind of get away from him, she's like mean to him. And she's like, he's like, you still don't trust me. Like, why can't we be friends? And she's like, we're not friends. And it's like, you literally just had a heart to heart with him and just kind of showed like you, you had a moment with him and it wasn't a great moment, but it was still a moment. And now you're like, we're not friends. And she's all mean to him to get him to leave the pool. And like, I was just like that, that did not hit right. (laughs) Like that scene either should have happened before or it, it just didn't work. And it goes to her character. She didn't have a whole lot of emotion. She was just like, leave me alone. I don't want to make friends. I don't want to, you know, like, and that takes away so much of her personality. And again, I'm going to compare it to the cartoon. That scene is, is really funny in the cartoon and it's not <laughs> her, like, it's not her being mean, um, mean, you know, it's just, she's like, we could just close our eyes and swim around, you know, like, <laughs> and but she was never mean to them and she was never what's not she was always trying to be their friend and they wouldn't let her be her friend because she was weird and she got them into a fight the very first day (laughs) so it's like she had no reason not to be friends with the guys in this movie you know what I mean and yet she wasn't and then she was straight up mean to the cute one so I I don't understand what they were going for with her character in in those scenes where you know, it, it, a lot of it is just like, you know, the, they're dress undressing in front of her and it's embarrassing her. She doesn't know what to do. She doesn't shower and they make fun of her for smelling. And it, they were like, they hadn't connected at all. You're going to have a lot of fun editing this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh. okay anyway and it just bothered me that they made her not connect with the guys or have any desire to connect with the guys because and the guys didn't have a chance to have person their personalities shown no and i don't understand how they drug the story out so freaking long and they still didn't have any personalities in the side characters or like you wouldn't know who was who or what like any of them had any personalities yeah and okay I'm pretty darn good at like remembering characters and being able to tell them apart even if they were only in one scene previously and it's been like a long time like I have a good memory okay for faces for who's who in the story right yeah I had the hardest time with who was who I knew who Cricket was I knew who Hong Wee was Heck, if I remember who everyone else was, like yeah, like uh, Yao Ping or Ping <laughs> Ping's Mulan, Ling. Um, Yao Ling and um, Poe po did like not like honestly, I wouldn't have realized that they were the same people. It like as in the cartoon, had I not been watching this with closed caption on and their names were like there, <laughs> and I was like, oh. Yeah. That guy's supposed to be Poe. Oh, he did say, he said the food line. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, you know, like that was it. It was just like, and then they talk about Yao being a jerk. And I was like, oh, that guy was Yao. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it just, they didn't, 
I don't know. It was it was kind of I felt like it was kind of like cameos, you know, like yeah. they, didn't, they didn't really have anything to do with the story. They didn't have any connection. They didn't have any character development for Mulan. They were just they were just cameos from the cartoon. Like, hey, we'll throw in those three guys that are in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but they didn't actually do do very much um, in the story. Unlike, unlike in the animated film, when they become friends with her, and then at the end, they it's them with her. It's their bond. It's their trust in each other and knowing each other's skills that help them at the end. Because yeah. they all work together as a team at the end. Unlike in this one, like, yeah, they hold off those however many guys from the other army in that little like alleyway space for like an hour which you have we have <laughs> to get into that in our in an, in the yeah what's well, the next missed opportunity that's what i was trying to say well we'll get into that but yeah we'll get into that when you get two other things that are wrong with this movie um, yeah because we've spent a long time this is just the first missed opportunity but it impacts the <laughs> entire movie but because she like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was... Okay. I have issue with... So she finally goes to the... Gen- like, she takes the oath to be brave, loyal, and true. And then she can't say the word true because she's lying about being a girl in the army. So she goes to the general and she's going to confess. And then he, like, tells her really nice things like you are such a brave man that sticks to your honesty like shows to your honesty I'm really happy I want to introduce you to my daughter and the matchmaker and it'll be great and then like she Neil she's like excited that he's so happy for her or that he likes her so much and so she like kneels and does the little yeah you know thing and she's like yes sir that'll be great honor for me and then she smiles and when she smiled it just made me realize how much she has not smiled (laughs) throughout this entire like from the time that she gets told she has to be with the matchmaker until this moment she has not smiled at all like she has not shown any happiness any joy any like any emotion really but and then this is the moment that you finally see her smile and it's when she decides to continue lying you know which the movie then later on says is poisoning her chi which is what makes her special yeah i it it just it's so muddled it doesn't make any sense so i had an idea well i mean we're not there in the movie i guess but it goes along with the whole like muddled message thing because near near the end of the movie, right before she reveals herself as a woman to the army, right? Right. She meets with the witch, and the witch is like, you know, she the witch recognizes her as a woman, and she keeps trying to get her to say who she really is, and she refuses. She says, "My name is Hua Jun," which is the name she's chose for herself as a man, and so the witch says, "Okay, then you'll die as your lie," and throws a little throwing star into her chest we think she's well we don't think she's dead because she's the main character and we know she has to get up but like the witch thinks she's dead and leaves and then mulan gets up and the thing that she'd been using to bind her chest down so that she looks flat like a man is what saved her from the throwing star right but then she sheds all her armor and everything and goes into battle so it's like 
you're saying the lie is bad. You're saying the lie is poisoning her chi. Like the witch just told her, as long as you lie, it will poison your chi. You will never be as great as you could be. And yet it's the lie that saved her. So like she's happy. Like you just said, she's happy when she continues the lie and has now promised to meet with someone's daughter, even though she knows that what she's exposed, that it's not going to be happening. So she's, she's happy when she continues the lie. And then she gets saved by another part of the lie. Yeah. So that just adds to the muddle of the mess. I would have preferred at the beginning, she and her father have a conversation about the Phoenix and he has this, this big Phoenix medallion. I would have preferred if he had given that to her or she had taken it, like she had it in her possession. She wore it underneath her armor on a chain to remember him by, remember her family. And that would have been what saved her. I think that would have had a more emotional impact and made more sense than what has been helping her with the lie saving her. Because it just goes against the message that they were trying to get across. I agree with that. I think that would have been better. But I also think had they, if they really wanted it to be her binding that saved her, I think it would have been they could have just taken out that message because if that message hadn't been there, if the whole true thing, like if that hadn't been the theme of this movie, it would have been a better movie period. And then you would have seen like the fact that she was a woman pretending to be a man saved her life because the binding saved her life. Like the thing that makes you feel like you're being trapped was actually the thing that saved you. Like I can see how they could, they could have worked with that to make it impactful but the fact that they did it with the message of being true, they did it literally right after they like the talk about it poisoning her chi. And they've showed it so many times as the thing that is making her look like a man. Like it just is so muddled. So yeah, I think either if they wanted to stick with this message of the lie is the bad thing, then they should have used the Phoenix thing to save her life and done. Cause that's, I mean, that's been done in movies before, but so has everything else in this movie, but I, <laughs> yeah, I agree. They should have, they should have done that better. Um, I, I, there are other things I wanted to say, but I feel like they go with our other missed opportunities, not just the character Mulan. Yeah. Like some of the editing and, and such. So what's our second category? Um, Our second category is, we kind of already talked about it, but we'll just kind of go with it for a second, finish up, advertisement, advertise this movie. Yes, they said they wanted to be more historically accurate, like make it actually in the time that the Milan Ballad is meant to be set in or around that time, have it be a realistic war movie. Yeah. Because that's what Mulan, Mulan goes to war. It's a war movie. And, and it was supposed to be in the style then, of a Chinese movie as well. Yes, they were going to have it in the style of a Chinese movie. And I even remember the director at one point, she was giving an interview. And I, I'm pretty sure, and now I could be wrong. And I said this earlier to Taya, but I'm pretty sure I heard her say in that interview that she wanted to go for realistic fighting in the movie. She didn't want to use a lot of wire work she didn't want to make it look fake but then she has the enemy at one point run straight up like defying gravity straight up a wall 
at least that's at, it's at least 20 feet high wouldn't you say oh yeah like that was a tall feet. wall yeah for sure at least 20 feet and they're they jump off their horses land on the wall and run up it and then Tay mentioned earlier when mulan as a little girl was chasing the chicken like she defied like she was on a wire that actress she defied gravity in ways that are not realistic and so i could have seen it if they had done some sort of like parkour type thing because that's very in with action movies especially if there's walls involved and that's stuff that can be realistically done if you have the right training yeah but like straight up just defying gravity is not realistic and then you wanted to take the sword fight part yeah Ugh. Okay, so there's a there's a scene with, and this is a pet peeve of mine in movies, but there's a scene in Mulan in this movie where they she is leading her little army, right? She's leading the the guys like Poe and Yao and Ling and Cricket and the hot guy whose name I never remember and um Hongling, Hongling, she's leading all of them. So they run into this little hallway, and there's bad guys there. And they're like, "Okay, Mulan, you you go protect the emperor. We'll take these guys on, and bolt the door behind you." So first of all, she runs up the wall, and so does the bad guy, like running sideways on the wall. Um, which, if she had been bouncing back and forth or got a running start, like there there was ways that they could have done that to make it look martial artsy, not magical. But they just went for the magical. So she just runs up the side of the wall. And runs past the battle. And then this battle goes on forever. <laughs> we, see, <laughs> we see Mulan is about to leave, right? And so her little army is winning the, the battle in the hallway at that point. But then she goes. She discovers that the emperor is not where he said he was. And she has a talk with the witch lady. Then she follows the witch lady through over rooftops and all the way out of the city into the new city. And she starts battling with the bad guy. And then, and then like, and it goes back to the, to this hallway battle that is still going on. And it keeps going, like it keeps going back to it. And it's like, I'm sorry guys, but you have swords and no sword fight is going to last that long. Like, it's just not. People are going to die. And you were already winning when Mulan left. Like, why? They just dragged it on to excuse the fact that her friend. And that was the only reason why they couldn't help her was because they were in this hallway fighting these bad guys. Sword fights, just so you know, if you attack somebody with a sword, or even if they're like the most amazing defense, like it a long sword fight should be about four minutes you know and so the fact that they just drug it on forever there was never reinforcements from either side coming in it was just the same like eight guys fighting the same eight guys for that long was pointless and it made no sense and the only reason it was there was to make it so that her friends couldn't help her and it bothered me <laughs> which yeah we need to talk about we've talked about that in before just about the trope, but I think that's going to be in a different category. This is just the realistic part. <laughs> yeah, it was not realistic at all. And her fighting, like, and they, she wanted to do realistic fighting, but then she has the witch has magical powers. What is with cloth? Like fabric in this movie is like the um, Doctor Strange uh, cape. Like it just, yes! like she does it and it makes sense because she's the witch and she's like magical, which I mean, it's still dumb, but at least it worked with her character. But then the emperor does it. 
with well, I think we're supposed to take away that the emperor has a really has really high I was about to say has really high metaphorian count to <laughs> has really <laughs> you put it in my head <laughs> he, he is really high chi just like the witch and Mulan do and Gori Khan apparently also does because he catches arrows and stuff yeah like these are four really high chi people kind of just going at it but yeah the cloth thing was not a part that I enjoyed of the fight fights like, in this movie. How can you say you're going for realism <laughs> and then have fabric attack people? You know? <laughs> and then and then the advertisement also said like they weren't like they said that they're not going to be going with their cartoon. Mushu. Doing Mushu. They're not doing Shang. They didn't they made cricket a person rather than an actual cricket. And they gave Mulan a sister instead of a grandma and i just i don't think any benefit to any of the changes that they made i i liked cricket as a person i thought that was funny but i feel like it would have been like it would have been more impactful had cricket come from the village with her and known her secret or something like yeah she would have had someone who could have filled in for mushu because she got to talk to mushu she got to express herself her concerns and everything like that in this movie she never has anybody to talk to or anybody to deal with stuff and i feel like if you were going to make cricket a person you should have at least utilized the fact that she had someone from her village like that cricket came with her from you know her family's home so that was a missed opportunity like they had cricket in there and he was a funny person but he was just he was just one of the many people and he was lucky because he almost died like several times but yeah that was a missed opportunity for me but going back to the advertising of it they're like no this is going to be like a real serious movie it's going to be in this we're getting chinese (laughs) we are getting china we are getting actual chinese um representatives to come over and make sure that you know like their sensitivity readers they're they're people who are going to make sure that we're doing this culturally accurate. And then there was so much cultural inaccuracies. And magic. So they like they took out Mushu, but they added a witch with really big power. Like she could be ruling the world with the powers that she has. Yeah. And it's like So it's not just like a little bit of cheese. Like they gave her these massive magical, she's straight up can possess people and transform into birds multiple birds or just a bird and and she can transform part of her body she has claws part of the time you know yeah there there was no she's insanely powerful with magic and there's a phoenix that follow that that kind of takes the place of the guardian Mm -hmm. from the ancestors so and this is weird for me to say. I'm a fan of the animated film. I love Mushu, but I was not as upset as I thought I would be when I heard they took Mushu out because I understood, like, okay, if that's what they're going for, like, I understand that. I'm not mad about it. I'm okay with a different version of Mulan. I love the story of Mulan. But the fact that they took Mushu out and then added all this other stuff in, yeah. that's, like way more than the animated ever had because the animated just had the only magical part of it were the guardians yeah there's no magic anywhere else here humans have magic yeah but the guardian can't be magic <laughs> like she can't have a little 
the little, little fella wandering around with her or even like a big one that she goes somewhere like up a mountain or something to see to talk to or is it, it that that annoyed me the fact that like we're taking out Mushu because of that but also we're gonna add in more yeah. magic than the and other things that make no sense and aren't funny but also are magical I yeah like, this this movie you can't advertise this movie had very little humor. yeah you can't advertise um realism and realistic fighting and staying true to the culture of Chinese people and the the ballad and that's really what they pushed with the advertising of this movie and then they just did not deliver on any aspect of it so they should have just said this is a remake of Mulan here <laughs> you know like and then people wouldn't have yeah. gone into it with expectations of it being a, a real cultural um, embodiment of the ballad. realistic, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was gonna say, kind of like Robin Hood. Like, again, I'm sure there, there's so many adaptations. I'm sure there's adaptations out there where it's more fantastical or whatnot. But if you look at just like Robin Hood as a story, and most adaptations, there's no magic or anything. Yeah. It's just he's really good at archery. And we're able to get that story several times with no magic. I like. I think people were looking to Milan to be like that, yeah. to be a realistic, and then and that's what they said, and they didn't give it, give us that, and that's just really annoying. I, like, and that's all I have to say yeah. on it because it's just annoying. I think I would have been a little less upset. Like I said, I tried to go into this thinking, no, it's just a movie. Don't worry about any of the other stuff. You know, just think of it as a movie, and it still wasn't good. But I think a lot of people would have been less upset about it had they not advertised it the way that they did. 100%. Yeah. I know I would have been a little less upset. Honestly, I think they should have done what they did with Cinderella. And they literally just showed the picture of the shoe and let it speak for itself. (laughs) Like, Cinderella got, like, no advertisement for a very long time before it came out. And literally, it was just the shoe. Like, hey, we're making a live-action version of of Disney's Cinderella. And they, the c- entire commercial was just the camera circling her shoe. And, like, yeah. I think they should have done that with Mulan. Like, don't tell us anything about it. Just let us know you're making a Mulan, and then we'll decide later. But they didn't. Camera circling her sword. Yeah. Like. <laughs> like, <laughs> It could have been her shoe, honestly, and people would have figured it out. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was ridiculous. What's our third missed opportunity? No emotional stakes. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we've already talked about how Mulan doesn't show emotions, and because of that, we don't really see a lot of the bonding that she does with other trainees in the camp, like her friends and stuff. Right. And so because of that, there's very few emotional stakes that we feel in the movie because we don't feel for Mulan. We haven't seen her feel. And we don't understand. It's like these other people are kind of trying to make a connection with her, but she's been refusing it. So, like, we might feel a little emotional stake for them at some points, but it's nowhere near where it is in the animated movie. Nowhere. (laughs) Nowhere near. I actually wrote in my notes at one point, I was like, I'm so bored. And then I wrote underneath that, even the battle scenes bore me. And I love action battle scenes, okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. I love action. 
I love seeing how people choreograph it, the cool things that we can do these days. And I was sitting there in the middle of a battle scene, like writing, I'm bored. Like people's lives are in danger. And I'm like, bored. it was so boring. And they tried so hard <laughs> to make the battle scenes dramatic by adding slow-mo. Oh my goodness. But it was like, so the very beginning, the very first time we see the bad guys, right? First of all, it's a super weird cut because it goes from her as a kid to the bad guys. And then it's supposed yeah. to be so many years later. It was a weird cut. But so the first time we yeah. see them, we see the hawk lady. She uh, possesses the this merchant guy and gets inside the wall of the city. And then the bad guy comes and he's charging towards the city. And then the, the um, scouts see him and then it turns out that his his buddies his men were like doing a straight line behind him and then they fan out and so there's like nine of them and they come running and they charge and then it like you literally see like there's only i don't remember how many exactly there are but there's only like nine of these guys and they're taking on an entire city right and yeah but they're like super magical warriors right we just saw them run up a wall so we know they have magic we know that, and we've seen it in Mulan, that that magic is really powerful. We've seen um, the witch lady is very, is very powerful. Well, they get over the wall, and the bad guys start killing people. And there's this slow-mo walk of the bad guy, like, walking through this epic battlefield. But it's nine guys taking on a city. You know, like, I was just like, this doesn't make, why is there a slow-mo part in a battle? This is like, it's supposed to be like either quick work for these really awesome warriors or like it's strategic. And, and then she does, she like flips the paint up and then she transforms back into herself. Really? What was the point of her being in there? She didn't do anything. And, and like, and I don't, and you don't feel anything like this epic battle scene and you see it and then there's slow-mo, but we don't know who this bad guy is. We don't know who this woman is. We don't know why she's in there because she doesn't actually do anything by being inside. Like she doesn't open the gates for them or anything. She just kind of walks around. And then there's this epic battle scene that isn't actually an epic battle scene. It's nine guys taking on a village of like defenseless people. <laughs> like, Ugh. And th- and that happens over and over and over again, where they do the slow mo trying to make it emotionally impactful, and it's not. Just because a-, a battle is in slow motion doesn't make it powerful. It doesn't even make it good. Mm-hmm. And I love fight scenes and I love dramatic fight scenes, but because I had no resignation with any of the characters, I didn't have any resignation with the people that were in the city. That shouldn't have been a dramatic battle scene. That should have been quick work showing the power of the bad guy, whatever his name is and whatever, what are they called? Borikon and the war, war rams. There's a lot of R's. Sorry. I have, (laughs) I grew up with the speech impediment and if words have more than one R, I still have a hard time. So there's like two or three R's in there. So I can't (laughs) say it correctly. But it's Borikon is the main one, and then it's like Wurrand, Wurrand. I can't say it. Anyway, something with 
a multiple R's. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, though the those guys we they sh- it should have shown their power. Like they should have just wiped out that city, and it should have been fast. And then they should have had like a, yeah. a moment of them standing over the wreckage or something like that would have been more impactful than this scene the only thing and i'm going to talk about it here now just because um we're talking about the bad guy (laughs) my favorite part of this movie and i told laura this earlier my all-time favorite (laughs) favorite part of this movie is the fact that jason scott lee is in it (laughs) i love jason scott lee he Oh my goodness. He was like my celebrity crush teen boyfriend when I was little. He actually inspired my very first novel that I wrote when I was 12. Like, I love him. Okay. (laughs) And um, at one point he talks about like the new city or the imperial city. I don't know. He says city, but he says it city, which is how he says it in the jungle book when he's talking about monkey city. And I just loved it. And I just started cracking up and I was like, oh my gosh, that's my favorite thing ever. (laughs) I love that more than I love like the Mulan uh, voice actress cameo or anything else in this movie. I was just like, ah, oh, Jason Scott Lee. So <laughs> if you don't know who Jason Scott Lee is, he is the man who plays Bori Khan. He is the um, Mowgli in the 1993 or four um, live action jungle book. And he's in a bunch of other movies, but I love him. I think he is wonderful. <laughs> and I, and like you, he's all scarred because he's like, and he's super, you know, different looking because he's older now, but he's like got scars on his face, got a big old wig. And so I didn't recognize him at first, but I was like, I know him. Oh my gosh, that's Jason Scott Lee. <laughs> and I like looked at him. And so every time, like anytime he showed a glimmer of like himself <laughs> of Jason Scott Lee, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Mowgli. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. That was like my biggest emotional connection to this movie was the bad guy being an actor who played Mowgli in <laughs> a 1994 version of the Jungle Book. Like that was the most emotional connection I had to this movie. <laughs> that says something, right? <laughs> I was more excited that the bad guy was played by someone I liked than anything Mulan did throughout this entire movie. <laughs> I agree. And as a fan of the animated, I thought I would be more excited for when Ming-Na Wen, I believe that's how you say her name, and I believe that is her name. She was the voice actor for Mulan in the animated. She does make a cameo. She has a line. I thought I'd be more excited for it, but by the time it came, I was just like, you poor thing. You were subjected to being in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you don't deserve to be in this movie. <laughs> like, they should be bowing down to you, yeah. the original good Mulan. <laughs> like, I was more like that attitude when she came. So, uh, I almost had an emotional impact reaction with Hong Wee. Like, the, the actor who plays Hong Wee did a really good job. He tried so hard to get chemistry with the with Mulan's character. Well, sorry, I was trying to say the woman who played Mulan and character at the same time. He tried so hard to have chemistry with Mulan. He when the camera focused on him and he was acting and everything, it was good. Like he was good. I started to feel an emotional impact, but every time I started to feel that, the camera would pan around or someone else would say something or go back to Mulan and I'd lose that. 
Yeah. I mean, because Mulan didn't have that chemistry back with him. She didn't have those emotions. I, it was so, my closest thing to an emotional impact in this movie was Hong Wee. And that's just for me. Yeah. But like, um, it got, it was like almost, you almost felt something. And then it was like, no. And then it was a horrible yeah. transition into another scene that had nothing to do with anything. And you're just like, yeah. well, that got cut off really quickly. Yeah. And I, I feel really bad for him because um, I, I really hope that he, that this has not impacted his, I doubt that this movie has impacted a whole lot of careers for the people in this movie because I can tell they're all good actors. Yeah. Um, but I just hope people don't always, it's kind of like with Kristen Stewart and Twilight. I just really hope people look at other things she's done outside of Twilight before they, because it's not always the actor's fault. It could be that's how the directors or the producers wanted the character to be presented. And as an actor, you have to kind of, you, you follow the director. Yeah. So anyway, I, the, the, they yeah. had a lot of there really good, they had a lot of really good actors in this movie and they're, they yeah. basically, they had no excuse to not make a really good movie. <laughs> They had good actors. They really had no excuse. None. Like, they had really good people all, like, everywhere around there was good people involved in this movie. The fact that this movie is so boring and pointless and has such a muddled message and is so emotionally lackluster is 100% their fault. Like, absolutely. I think, so I have a note about the music. So the music in this film is so boring the only time that it's exciting is when they use the music from the cartoon like from the the songs of the cartoon like they play the music every now and then like they play reflection they play bring honor to us and i'll make a man out of you like they play the music for them those were the most impactful music every time but other than that the scene specifically where she takes her father's sword and runs away Okay, that scene was so blah, because in the cartoon, it is an amazing scene, and that comb is a big representation of her. This one, like, because father um, puts the comb in her hair, and then he gets called to war, and then she replaces the comb with his um, orders, and... It's a whole thing and we see her and I know, you know, the cutting the hair is not realistic, but like the cutting the hair scene, the putting on the armor, the taking the sword in her like reflection. It's a it's very impactful. The music is very impactful and her praying to the ancestors before she leaves all of it. Good stuff. This movie, you couldn't help but compare it to the cartoon because it's so lame. She goes in there. She has a boring conversation with her dad that they're just like she doesn't smile she doesn't have any emotional connection with her dad I I feel like the actor who plays her dad was doing a good job like I don't I like that actor I've never had a problem with him but that scene was just so lackluster and then it immediately goes to her already being in the armor and she runs away and then later when she's trying to sleep she has a flashback of her looking at her family before she leaves and it was just like you couldn't have had that in the scene, like to make that scene even slightly emotional at all. No, like that was just, oh, it was so bad. And the transition of the cinematography of it, like the transition from that scene to the next, like it was so bad. Like there was so much bad in that. And 
that is the most powerful scene of the cartoon. And I'm like, okay, look at it, not from <laughs> comparing it to the cartoon, just look at it as a normal movie. As a normal movie, not comparing it to the cartoon, it had really weird transitions. The music was super boring and there was no emotional impact whatsoever. And we don't know what the film yeah. represents. In universe, yeah. you don't like if you had never seen the cartoon, you would have no idea because it shows a comb for like half a second and that is it. Yeah. You don't know the significance of it. So the two two of the big emotional impact and not because the animated Mulan has a lot of emotionally impacting scenes, but two of the biggest ones that people talk about are that scene where she takes the armor and then the scene where they stumble upon the village that has been decimated and the army that's been decimated yes by the enemy army that's one of the best transitions to feel the impact of war in any movie not just animated in any movie yes and people have said that and so that's a really i mean they, they're doing this really silly goofy song you know what they want in a girl and everything and they're having fun and they're doing a snowball fight and then all of a sudden they come upon and it just goes silence and without seeing dead bodies you can feel the weight of what they're fighting and they go silent and there's the emotional um i keep saying emotional impact but there's like another word i'm looking for i can't remember but you know shane's father was leading that army yeah well and then so you have and poe brings up the helmet yeah and you recognize the feathers on the helmet because you've seen the father with that and you know what that means and then mulan comforts it like it is it 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 does so many things in just one scene it shows you that this war is real it shows them that oh we're not just like marching and we're not like now we're we're the last stand and this is what we're facing it shows shane losing his father which is really and having to move on quickly because that's war and that's really sad and it makes you feel for him it makes you feel for milan because and and she and shane have a connection there yeah it just it does so many wonderful things in just one shot and the doll of the little girl that she puts out the sword where the helmet is makes you feel because they had um, put dolls and little girls through the movie before to kind of ma- help you have a connection to like, okay, little girls have dolls and that means that's a little girl. And like you hear the Huns talk about how they're going to go and return the doll to the little girl. And it's just, it's actually very dark and very heavy and, and sad. Yeah. But it's one of the most amazing transitions to what the weight what war does in all of cinema history and so you would think the same company that did that you would think they would be able to if not completely get there at least get eight like if that's a 10 out of 10 scene you'd think they could get at least to seven or eight out of 10 because they're the same company that made it yeah and i we see bodies in in the live action and i felt nothing well the transition i was just like oh yeah they're there the transition to it well first of all there's no high in this movie and so there can't be any low in this movie and i think that's the big problem is that they didn't like the reason that is so impactful is because that's the way that war is a lot of the time in a war you're bored you're not doing anything and so you're going to talk about girls and you're going to talk about everyday things and you're going to laugh and then all of the sudden you know you're faced with a village of you know burned buildings and dead people and and it's a huge emotional impact and that's why that scene had such a huge impact was because it was 
that's reality. You know, you're bored for a long time and then, oh, wow. You know, ask anybody who's in any type of law enforcement or anything, you know, most of the time you're bored and then it hits you. (laughs) In this movie, yeah, you're bored. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, But then when it came to the, like, emotional impacting time of them seeing that village one we didn't have shang in this movie and so there was no emotional impact from the father there was no emotional impact from someone that she cared about losing someone there was no emotional impact from like the doll there was no emotional impact from the transition at all because it was like okay we're bored and we're afraid and we're going into battle and now we're bored and afraid and there's already been a battle like that was it like it was so lackluster (laughs) like there was just there was no it was just so monotoned like that whole that whole transition that was so huge in the cartoon even if you don't compare it to the impact of the cartoon watching it just as a movie it was boring like, you should never look at a battlefield of dead people and piled up helmets and think, wow, I'm still bored. You know, like, I think of, like, Lord of the Rings where. Yes, I was just thinking that. They're following the hobbits and they come across, like, this big burned pile of bodies and it's gross and it's scary, but it's so emotionally impactful because they don't know whether or not the hobbits survived. And, you know, like, that was emotionally impactful and those were like fantasy monsters you know and you know what also sorry now that you're saying that this is going to go back to our first miss opportunity but i wanted to say it really fast legolas skimley and aragorn are all three warriors very good at what they do and yet none of them suppress their emotions they all process their emotions they show them throughout the whole thing and we never think of them as less strong or less of a warrior right like Legolas and Gimli and, have like that game that they're playing of like who can kill more, <laughs> you know. Like they have personalities, which is okay in fantasy. Yeah, but an Aragorn cries like he legit like when especially the first time I think is it the first time? It's been a while. Love those movies, but it's been a while. I think one of the biggest emotional scenes we have with Aragorn is at the end of the first one when Boromir dies. Sorry for spoilers. If no one's seen Lord of the Rings by now, you should. It's a great movie. <laughs> All of them. But like he cries over the death of someone who, if you really look at it, like this is the guy who denied his claim to the throne, who's been kind of a little bit of a jerk to him on several occasion occasions and who they've disagreed several times. And yet he still is so tender and still so sorrowful and cries and open when he dies. And yet Mulan's over here. And these are people that she's supposed to be close with. Right? Like, that's the story is that she makes friends with these people. She's in training with them. They're supposed to be close. And yet we feel nothing. And because she shows nothing. And it, so it's kind of like if they could give Aragorn that with Boromir, who wasn't an enemy, but was not like a best friend to where Mulan's supposed to have best friends, yet we feel nothing. Yeah. It's just. Like, the difference is starting. Like, you can have emotions and still be a strong warrior. Sorry, since we're talking Lord of the Rings. But... <laughs> <laughs> I just... Dang it. Live Mulan. Like, dang it. <laughs> they... 
this would be so frustrating because they have you no know, we could have done better on our budget with little like figure figuring horses we put would have had to use in our budget <laughs> like we could have we could have had more of an emotional impact throughout this movie than they do because we understand characters yeah and that was what was lacking in this movie so much of this movie was there was no character she didn't have any character the side characters tried really hard but never got the chance and every time they almost got there they were cut off one of the things that really had a problem with like the emotional impact so okay so at the very end of the movie she is um given the opportunity to join the guard or to uh, you know, and she refuses because she needs to go home and make things right with her family. So she goes home and she has a moment with like her sister and then her mom. And then her, she comes up to her father and apologizes. And watching that, I was just like, meh, <laughs> you know, like she, went, yeah. she wasn't given the sword to show that she had honored their family or anything. And so I felt like, and again, I'm comparing it to the cartoon. I'm sorry, but in the cartoon, she gives him the sword of Shan Yu. She gives him the crest of the emperor. They're gifts to honor the Thaw family. And he drops them on the ground and hugs his daughter. And I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it because it was a beautiful moment. Because he didn't care about the honor of the family, which is their huge. It is so huge and impactful in the world of Mulan that she went to war for. You know, like, and... He just threw it on the ground because he loved her so much. And that was what he was concerned about. In this one, they have a long, drawn-out conversation explaining all of that. Of, like, my daughter is the one that I care most of. Like, I, that is my everything. And, like, and they have, like, a conversation, which I understand, like, that actor did a good job. And it was a good, it was a fine monologue. There was no big problem with it. But I feel like it was more telling than showing like he told us that he cared more about his daughter, but because she wasn't presented with the gifts, like she, she gets presented with the sword as the guard come, they meet her there. And then I did like the fact that like the village that was mean to her and like the matchmaker lady, like they all get their comeuppance because it's like you made fun of her. And now she's like the hero of their entire kingdom and all of China and she saved the world or whatever. And so I, I kind of like that. But honestly, I liked the private conversation with the dad and him just, you know, the greatest gift and honor is having you for a daughter. And that's like, that's it. That was, that was all that was needed to be said. But instead, it wasn't emotionally impactful, you know, it because it was boring. Yeah. Like the rest of the movie, it was boring. Yeah. Um, the one time that I felt any type of emotional connection with that was, you know, it was actually meant to be there not just because it's Jason Scott Lee but um <laughs> was when at the very beginning of the movie when the father um has to go and take the um the the thing the mark what is that called the orders he has to go and take the orders um to and they're like the this family and this family and they call his family and he leaves his crutch and he ties his leg, like his um, brace that's on his leg, he ties it really tight so that he can walk up there without his crutch. And then he falls. And they ask him, like, don't you have a son? And he's like, no, I'm blessed with two daughters and I will fight again. And that I actually really liked. I thought that they did 
that scene well and I didn't mind and then when she he falls and the mom stops her and she's like you're just gonna embarrass him more like don't help him and I thought that was really good I actually felt that and I was like oh that was a good that was a good live action version of what they did in the cartoon I like that but then they immediately went to the next scene which was so dull and boring and did not continue on with that feeling of like oh the dad he's so proud and you know and it was and she her emotions that she shows in that scene are so boring like in the cartoon she like slams down the thing and is like you shouldn't have to go and then like in this one it's the mom talking and I really didn't like the mom in this movie but and then she tries to interrupt and he yells at her and then he goes it was just it was like I was finally kind of almost and it's the same thing with the side characters you're kind of almost there and then it's done never mind (laughs) oh you're about to make emotional connection stop moving on (laughs) you know that's how it felt yeah no honestly one of my notes just says like this whole movie just has me bored and confused and the confusion comes in how did they miss all these opportunities yeah kind of form and the boredom is just because it's just boring i think what number opportunity are we on next is it number four yeah it'll be four um so i have one more thing about this emotional thing and it leads into our next one is so the witch dies spoiler alert (laughs) the witch gets shot with an arrow trying to protect mulan mulan catches her in a really awkward weird shot and transition is horrible and then yeah that was a weird saw she held her arms out for way too long yeah well it was just it was weird and then why and then like immediately after that it shows people catching arrows and before that it showed Mulan dodging arrows so the fact that he fires an arrow at her and it takes a long time to get to her and then the bird sacrifices herself to save Mulan it's supposed to be impactful but it is not and that leads into our next section, which is the magic system and the witch herself. Okay, so the witch in this movie is um, she is a girl who has a ton of chi, which means she has crazy magical powers, like we've talked about. And the bad guy, whose name I never remember, um, but he's played by Jason Scott Lee, <laughs> um, he is basically telling her that if she helps him become emperor and defeat the emperor, that he will make a society to where she will be accepted. And she tells Mulan, hey, you are just like me. You should join me and so that we can be stronger together in this new regime of the the bad guy. Bori Han or whatever his name is and so her whole character first of all is super overpowered she has all kinds of magical powers and she could have easily killed the emperor she could have easily um killed Bori Khan she could have easily taken over this world you know pretty quickly and she doesn't because she is a slave to him for literally the only reason that they give is because she wants to live in a world where she's accepted because 
women with strong cheese have been not accepted in their life in the, this world so she kills people she possesses people she is helping this evil dictator guy take over everything all because she wants to be accepted <laughs> and so not great character work <laughs> and I really just have a problem with everything because everything that she does because there is no reason for her to follow him there is no reason for her to do anything in this movie that she does and the fact that she's so magically overpowered takes away from any emotional connection you would have with her you don't have a reason for liking her and you don't have a reason for rooting for her and you don't have a reason for mourning her and so when she dies you don't care and then like the way she dies is completely like chipped away at any type of meaningful um understanding or symbolism because people catch arrows in this movie all the time people dodge arrows in this movie all the time and so Mulan was not necessarily in super danger also the way that she catches her is she runs she doesn't like run up to her she stops where she's at and holds her arms up which means that the arrow probably wouldn't have even hit Mulan like they're, they're just there's ugh, there's nothing there. There's no emotional connection when this person sacrifices themselves to save another and you don't care. There's a problem. I agree. I felt nothing when she died. Just like most of this movie, I feel like that's just that's just the theme of the Mulan Live 2020 version. I felt nothing. Yeah. That, that's my official review of it. <laughs> my, I in one sentence. <laughs> Okay, so she's vastly overpowered, and she can kill Bori Khan, who's the main like lead villain, anytime she wants because she's so powerful. She can possess people. She can shapeshift. She can do all sorts of really insane. She can make cloth into a weapon somehow. <laughs> like, and he doesn't have anything over her. He he's, doesn't have like a secret. He doesn't have like a magical item that binds her to him or a contract or threatening a family nothing like that and so it's just like well why does she need him like she is powerful enough to just walk into the palace and take over it all by herself no help needed yeah they've shown that several times because guess what she does she walks into the palace and makes stuff happen (laughs) like two or three times in this movie (laughs) so if we it, the, we feel that the missed opportunity was if they were they wanted that dynamic of a really powerful witch who like can kind of mimics Mulan's story of she had really powerful chi and was an outcast because of it and got to the point of being exiled we felt like what would have been really cool is if Oricon had something over her that actually kept her enslaved to him which would have been really bad because duh he's the bad guy and so she's not, like, fully on his side, but she has to do what he says because of that thing. But also she's not fully, like, yeah, let's go take over the kingdom. Kind of like, a, I guess, like, chaotic, neutral or chaotic evil where she's like, yeah, I'm tied to him and I'm not really following him, but I'll do what he, I have to do what he says. But I'm also not mad about having to kill the people who made me in exile. Um, I think it would have had a more of an emotional impact and, like, to see her kind of grow and learn from that and then at the end to to either do 
like if she lost her life protecting Mulan because protecting Mulan meant going against his orders, like an unbreakable vow kind of in Harry Potter. If you think like if you break it, you die. Yeah. So like that would have had an I think a more emotional impact. Or if she found a way to break it in order to save Mulan, and then she wouldn't necessarily have had to die, but she could, and it would just it would just be better. I think if we were actually able to see some growth from her. And if it would also make sense if she was working for Bori Khan, if he had something over her rather than in the movie as it is, where she's super, super powerful and literally does not need him. He needs her, yet she's working for him. And she doesn't, like, it just doesn't, she doesn't want to be working for him. She just is because he's promising her a new regime where she'll be accepted. It's like if she had felt loyalty to him, like, for any reason, like maybe he saved her from something and she had a life debt, anything like that. And yeah. like, there was just no reason for that. And no. her whole, like being so overpowered, it made it seems made her seem stupid, you know, like, yeah. And then it goes into like Mulan is supposed to like, the scene where she is trying to convince Mulan to do what she wants um, because Mulan um, has the same powers as her. And Mulan at that point has been rejected by the army because they found out she was a woman and they've dishonored her. And so she has, Mulan has every reason to go with the witch and Mulan chooses the honorable path. And that's supposed to be again, impactful, but because we don't like her, we don't like the hawk, we don't like anything that she does, it's not impactful because you know, like, there's no enticement there. Like, literally, what is she offering her? She's offering her, you come with me and be a slave like I am, and then people will accept us and kill a bunch of people because you're enslaved to someone willingly. Like, that's not enticing. That's not. a a choice that Mulan, you know, like that's not tempting. And anytime something isn't tempting, there's no emotional impact when you don't choose it, you know? Yeah. They just, she could have been a really cool addition to the movie. And instead, again, I felt nothing. It was just kind of boring. Her makeup was cool. I will say that her makeup was really cool. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the actress did a good job with her. But even the actress can't save something that's not there. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on the witch. And the magic system as a whole with the cheese. It was weird. Because it's not, I mean, it's not historically accurate. Like, that's not the legends that the Chinese have that if the more metachlorians you have, the better you are. Like, it, <laughs> it's not a thing. And so the fact that they put it in there was dumb (laughs) and then it didn't make sense in universe and it never was explained in universe and it never just it just didn't work um bad bad magic system um so our last one we've kind of hit i think pretty well so this shouldn't be too long but character relationships (laughs) what character relationships taya um so (laughs) 
you think about like all of the there's a lot of characters in this movie right there's you know you have like the emperor you have the bad guy and his nine friends you have the witch you have mulan you have the three guys you have the cute guy you have the two general guys you have the father the mother the sister the matchmaker lady you have the cricket guy all of these people right all of them connected to this one mulan character and she has no chemistry with any of them. And they have None. no chemistry with each other. And they don't work. <laughs> and it's just like, it, it's not possible to have this big of a cast and have no like character relationships at all. And yet they didn't. <laughs> It's insane and it's infuriating because you can see the other actors trying so hard. And again, I'm not blaming the actress for Mulan because I don't know the circumstances around her acting, why she was that way. Now, if I were to go and watch other projects that she's been in and it was the same exact thing, then I would say that. But like, you see, like people were trying oh so hard to make connections and to have chemistry, but just like we've been saying the whole time, the second you start to feel they do a really weird cut or transition to another scene and you just get bored all over again. Yeah. Um, and also at the end, Disney had, and we've talked about it in Mirror Mirror, and I think we mentioned that Frozen 2 also has this problem. And now Mulan, the live action, has this problem of I'm a girl who's the lead and I'm going to go take care of this myself and my friends are not going to help me because I have to do it by myself. And that is, I believe an incorrect message to send anyone boy, girl, whatever, because that's not true. You don't need to do everything by yourself. If you're going to a big battle or you need to save the emperor or something big, like you're allowed to have friends that come with you and you can all work together toward it, just like the animated did. And the animated did it really well. It did not take away from Mulan at all. If anything, it added it added to her character because she was able to trust and rely on friends. They saw her for who she was and trusted her and relied on her plan. And they were able to work together as a team, which is a really important skill to have, especially in war. Like to be able to work together as a team, recognize each other's strengths and respect them and give each other the space to use that so that you guys can have a victory. And it doesn't take away. And even at the end, when she was facing Sean, Yu, Mushu and cricket were there to execute the plan for the fireworks to help get Sean, get rid of Sean, Yu. So like, but you still feel like she's a powerful character. You still, and you feel emotionally connected because of the relationships that she created, which allowed her to not go into battle alone. You felt worried and nervous and scared for them. And you felt happy for them when they won because you know what it took for them to do that. And the fact that they all stand in front of her to shield her from the emperor, like, you know, and when she reveals herself also in the animated movie and they try to stop Shane because they think he's going to execute her. It's because of the relationships that they built through the movie. They were mean to her and then they apologized to her and they built a friendship through that and they teased each other. Like you, you feel through the whole movie and that, and the fact that we don't get that in this movie is such a disappointment. Yeah. Like if, if the witch was the same 
if like so many other things in the movie were the same, but we actually got some good, decent friendships out of this movie, I don't think it would have been as badly received as it was. I agree. I think the character relationships are really what killed this. Like, even if Mulan was the blandest of bland characters, because you can have bland main characters and still show that emotional connection and have a really good story told. And so even if you wanted to like blame that actress and say, okay, it was all her fault. It's not because there are so many characters in this movie that could have had those relationships. And there's times when right before they go into battle and they're talking about, this could be the last time that we see each other, we could die tomorrow. And then she is talking to them and she's having this conversation of like, we're going to have each other's backs. We're going to survive because we're going to protect each other. Well, why would they listen to her? Why are they having that conversation? Because honestly, they haven't had any connection with her before. They've, we haven't seen it. They, there was one um, conversation that they had where they were talking about the girls, you know, what they wanted in a girl. And, and that was, that was it, you know, like, and then when she finally has a heart to heart with one of them, she immediately tells him that they're not friends and that she doesn't want to talk to them. And so she never has a connection with them. And then when she actually does go into then battle the next day with them, she abandons them. And so she has no idea whether or not they're safe. She's not protecting them or looking out for them or anything like that, like specifically them, you know what I mean? Like she's fighting for her country and stuff, but she follows the bad guys rather than staying with her unit and protecting them. And I'm like, that's, that's a fine thing for her to do. Like that was her job was to ride the horses and to follow them and stuff like whatever, that's fine. But the fact that they told the story of, we have had her say like, uh, we are going to survive this because we are going to watch each other's backs and then immediately go into her leaving them behind so that she can, follow the bad guys it's it it takes away from any emotional attachment you might have gotten from that scene where she's having that deep conversation with them and saying we're not going to die because we're going to look out for each other you undermine it immediately after that because she doesn't stay she doesn't you know have their back she doesn't shoot an arrow and save someone's life or you know like uh, anything like that and so it's like they tried to have emotional connections. They tried to get some character development there and then they undermined it under whatever, you know what I mean? (laughs) They ruined it every, like the next scene, every time they just kept ruining it. And so I just, yeah, I, I think that that is the, that that is the, (laughs) the nail in the coffin of this movie is the fact that the character relationships aren't there. You know, her father and her connection isn't really prevalent there. You, you hear his voiceover and he's like, would, could you tell your daughter, you know, that she has to hide herself, you know, like, but then it goes from that to her being an adult and immediately he's setting her up with the matchmaker and telling her that she has to, you know, like, and she never shows a connection with her father. And so 
there's just there's no and the fact that they took out Shang and so there's no that father you know there's no his father versus her father you know there's none of that connection going on she doesn't have anybody to talk to from her village so she doesn't have the Mushu and Cricket relationship there she doesn't ever have a moment of apology well she's never bullied by the three guys and so she's never they never apologize and so they never really become friends there's yeah it just everywhere that there could have been really good character relationships they dropped the ball like every and they added the sister as an att- in an attempt to have her have a character relationship yeah but i honestly forgot about the sister until the end of the movie when we saw her again yeah and like the sister's afraid of spiders and so she's protecting her sister so it's like is that supposed to show that she's protective of people? Because we don't see that throughout the whole rest of the movie. So what was that setting up? What was the point of that story? You know, it just, uh, they just dropped the ball. Anyway, so that was um, my last like note of our official ones. I have a couple of other ones. I, I put one note down, and this goes actually for both the animated and the live action that Mulan is sure lucky that no one from her village got assigned to the same training camp and same group that she was because that would have blown her cover so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but I did like your idea of Cricket. If they were going to make Cricket a human in the live action of him knowing and keeping her secret. Yeah. Um, so that she could have someone to talk to because I think that would have been a really... I actually would have really, really enjoyed that. But like... Also, she's really lucky that no one recognized her. Yeah, well, and, like, it was weird in this movie because he literally, like, they ask him, do you have any sons? And he says no. And so when she shows up and is like, yeah, I'm his son, you know, (laughs) like, she's lucky that nobody was there that heard it. Like, in the cartoon, it's the same guy that's in the camp. Um and he's like, I didn't know Fosu had a son, you know, <laughs> like, and he's like, he doesn't talk about me much, you know, the whole thing, like, they at least attempted to cover it up, where in this one, she was just straight up lucky that <laughs> nobody was in the same camp as her. Yeah, I think that was, he covered a lot. I know. But yeah, that was my last note for that. Like, that's just a really, that's a, it was a big plot convenience <laughs> that no one was there who would recognize her. Yeah. Um. So... A couple of aesthetic things um, was, so the witch lady has hawk fingers, and at one point she's choking out Jason Scott Wee, and you can see a close-up of her hawk fingers, and the prosthetics look really fake. Um, And then the rest of the time that you see them, they're CGI, so it's not that bad, but um, just that close-up, I just kept looking at them, and like I was trying to pay attention to what she was saying, but I couldn't stop focusing on them. So I honestly don't know what she says in that when she's choking him, but um, <laughs> that's when she tells him that she could kill him in a single breath. Yeah, something like that. Sure. Um, and then the spider that scares her sister during the matchmaking scene is like the creepiest looking CGI <laughs> spider ever. Why is it shiny and green? I don't know what kind of it was spiders weird. they have over there in China, but yeah. <laughs> it was a weird (laughs) spider it did not look real and it just comes down directly in front of the sister like just like let me just pull down like one single string of web and i'm just gonna come down here and be hang out right here yeah like i've seen spiders come down but 
typically it's in a non-clean creepy place and never have I seen a sup spider that big do it <laughs> yeah and, and yeah that was that spider was creepy um the CGI for the phoenix especially the first time that we see the phoenix the CGI is very it's supposed to it's not supposed to match the world around her because it's like mythical but it really bothers me that they didn't do well on the lighting of it because the, again the lighting never changes even though it's going in and out of shadow a lot because she's in a canyon um mm-hmm. so I, I mean it looked fine it didn't look in any way real but phoenixes aren't real so i guess it's fine you know <laughs> and i i just i really have a problem with the cgi looking so fake <laughs> um but it, it got better throughout the movie because we see it less and we don't get close-ups of it as much um or maybe they just got so bored I was like "Ooh, look pretty you know <laughs> I just didn't care as much um, <laughs> um my next note is <laughs> so at one point um Jason Scottley who plays the bad guy um is talking to this group of warriors right and he's trying to convince these leaders to join him to overtake the emperor um and everybody starts arguing and he yells but he yells the word hush and i just think that's hilarious (laughs) because like he doesn't say like silence or quiet he literally yells hush (laughs) and it's just like who yells hush I don't that was just a weird <laughs> choice and it was just funny it's not anything necessarily against the movie I just thought it was really funny because I was just like who yells that like you can't say that angry enough to make it like be intimidating so I try to say bubbles angrily yeah it doesn't work you just can't it just it's funny um <laughs> or try to skip while looking intimidating yeah um, and then, if ever you're in a bad mood, skip around and say bubbles. It will immediately <laughs> lift your mood. Uh, that's that's the that's the advice from your little sister's production. Skip around and say <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> skip around, say bubbles. It'll lift your mood. Or better yet, skip around and blow bubbles, mm-hmm. or get a bubble machine and skip in them. Right. Or just yell the word hush because. <laughs> And then more yellow or <laughs> it's just funny anyway um and then so when mulan is chasing after uh the bad guys and she's in this group of warriors <laughs> a group of warriors, all wearing yellow and she's in red and then all of the yellow because we had just had that scene of her um talking about how they're going to watch each other's backs i was thinking that her men her buddies were going to be in there with her but then like one guy died and I was like oh it's okay he's in yellow and which means it's not one of her friends but then another yellow guy died and another yellow guy died and I was like oh so like the yellow guys are the new red shirts um (laughs) Star Trek reference for those who don't know the red shirt people in Star Trek were typically the ones who would die so the main characters could stay alive for another episode um and then so my next note is mulan uh, is saved by her um girdle thing and she decides to be true to herself so she takes off all of her armor while she runs into battle again bad plan but she does it 
So she takes off her armor and runs uh, towards the battle. And um, she takes out her ponytail hair that she's had for months. She's had her hair pulled up. And she runs into battle with perfectly curled hair. She has absolutely (laughs) no ponytail bump. And, like, (laughs) it's just, like, I can understand, like, you could possibly pretend, like, her hair got curled from being up in a bun. But there's no way you can achieve that without a ponytail bump. Like, (laughs) and she just looks all pretty. And then she has her hair down for the rest of the movie. And I'm like, that is so impractical. Like, braid it to the side or something. (laughs) Like... She's, it's just like flipping her in the face and stuff. And I'm like, I know you're trying to look like a girl right now, but it's not practical. Just tie your hair up. Um, and then my next one is the, um, the response to her being a girl. Uh, I think we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it before or during the podcast, so... In the animated movie, Sean Yu kind of takes the fact that she's a girl in stride and just like, oh, the soldier from the mountain, and then just tries to kill Mulan, and like the conversation ends until he says, looks like you're out of ideas. Like they don't talk yeah, while they, they fight, which is how most fights go outside of yeah. Princess Bride. <laughs> like most fights, you don't have conversations during. Well, and. But in this one, he keeps bringing up the fact that she's a female and that that's supposed to make him feel not intimidated yet he was working for Khan is the he i'm talking about he's working with a female witch who's extremely powerful and who he used and needed to get as far as he did so it's just kind of really yeah, weird but like his response like i liked the hun's response in the animated movie versus this one because it doesn't in universe doesn't make sense for him to be um, unimpressed by a girl because he has literally been working with a girl who he knows is magical and he knows has powers. And it, it it really takes away from his character, the storyline, her character, like it takes away from the message that they're sending again, a muddled message that um, they're trying to portray here. And I, it doesn't have the same impact. Like the fact that um, Sean Yu in the animated version was just like, you're the soldier from the mountains. All right, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you know, like he just went for it. And I've definitely heard that in in real life that the Huns women went to battle and they didn't have any problems with that. So he didn't even think twice about it. And I don't know if these particular bad guys that they came up with for this movie had that same thing, but it just, it, it takes away from the message that they have in universe and it takes away from the message of the ballad. And it just, it all comes down to like, Oh, she's a girl. Well, yeah. Who cares? Like you of all people know how powerful girls can be because you've been working with this OP witch this entire time anyway so I I I didn't like the way that he did that um or the way that they portrayed that whole thing last two notes the father's wig is really bad and it might just be because I know that actor and what he looks like and so I could see like his wig line and I was just like why is that so bad (laughs) 
Um, and I don't know if anybody else notices that stuff but me. And then the very last one is that the song at the end is sung by Christina Aguilera, which is funny because Christina Aguilera also sang for the animated film. Um, so she has sang both of the signature songs for um, Mulan, live action and animated. Oh, that's it. Sorry, I was waiting for <laughs> No, sorry. That was, that was my last note. That was, <laughs> that was all I wrote about that movie. And now I am so bored of watching that movie and talking about that movie. I'm, um, ugh. I don't think I'll talk about this movie ever again. <laughs> Honestly, this, this was enough. This yeah, got all of it I out. Think, I think so. I've, we have beaten this. It's just, you guys, it's boring. It's just boring. And it's, a high adventure fantasy story and the fact that it's boring is stupid <laughs> like it's stupid they it's they there's no excuse really for is. this movie being bad and yet it is and that is just straight up disney's fault this should have been an awesome movie you guys dropped the ball but yeah <laughs> Let us know on our Facebook or Instagram if you like this movie and please explain yourself if you do. Let us know why and if you have a movie you want us to review and talk about, definitely put it into our social media. You can message us on Anchor or you can message us on um, Facebook or Instagram. Your Little Sisters Productions, we respond and see all of our comments. So yeah, if you guys are if you have any suggestions for us, let us know. So thank you so much for listening. Again, this is Your Little Sisters Productions, and this was Missed Opportunities. I'm Laura. I'm Taya. Bye. Bye.